Hello all, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast, uh, taped live at the Twitch Noobs in Knox pod, uh, as well as being available, of course, on YouTube, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. I'm hey, awesome. my plugs. Hey, we do that. We're, you can do it at the end, too, now. We can bookend it. Okay. Um, I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watched a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched nearly as much wrestling, uh, but sometimes I actually have watched the wrestling, and I have the distinct pleasure of talking about it twice. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> once once again, we have had technical issues and had to re-record an episode. Technical issues on this show? Say it ain't so. Right. This, so this, this this whole show is a technical issue. Like, boy, don't I feel like an American idiot. All right. Oh, my God. I don't think I, I, don't think I can do it again. I don't think no, I, I, don't I thought think we were spared relevant anymore. Right. Uh, so for context to that joke is that last time we recorded this episode was last. We recorded this last week. And I and that, that week I'd also been to see the Hella Megator concert in Columbus where I live. And so I made a Green Day reference, a Fallout Boy reference, and the Weezer reference. And now that VOD is lost forever. And yep. I'm sad that that because I, I, I think I put a lot of work into that. So there there is me trying it again, but the magic is gone. So Yeah. Probably, well, will, well, you know I what? Will, I will probably not try to force references again. I can't fault you for wanting to try to recapture the magic a little bit. I was very proud of you the first time around. Yeah. Anyway, so what we were, what we recorded last time was we watched the next episode of Lucha Underground. Season 1, episode 19? Yes, 19. Grave Consequences. Uh... It was pretty great, but uh, before we get to that, I, I want to keep the format of our re-recorded episodes roughly the same as our normal episodes, so we're going to cover what happened before. Yep. And the last time we were in Lucha Underground for the benefit of people who may not have been following us the entire way through. Yeah. So uh, the big storyline going into Grave Consequences is the titular match. Uh, Mil Muertes versus Phoenix. Oh, boy. A lot of uh, life v. death, except it's also a love triangle with the sexy ghost lady. Yeah, a whole lot of psychosexual uh, tension going on here. Um, it makes us all slightly uncomfy, but, you know, that's how we do here on the uh, show. Again, because of another storyline going on right now, there's only so uncomfortable I can get with the with the with the um, uh, Mill yeah. and Katrina stuff. Yeah, that because is true. Least, because at least I don't feel like I'm supposed to be cheering Mill Muertes <laughs> being an asshole. Yeah, you know what? When you put it that way, it's a lot better than whatever the hell is going on with that with that whole uh, uh, Son of Havoc thing. Yeah. Anyway, so and you know, I just kind of thought of it is that like. The love triangle is kind of perfectly positioned is because you could argue that being a sexy ghost lady is arguably somewhere between life and death because she's not alive, but you know, she's not, you know, just gone. Yeah, you know, that's not wrong. I do really appreciate the way they've kind of aggressively themed and branded this feud as a thousand lives versus a thousand deaths 
Uh, they kind of had to lean in more on the fe- the idea of like a literal phoenix than they you know have uh, than uh, than they have in the past with phoenix uh, for other non mill related things. Yeah. But like I do appreciate the fact that they have kind of made it this very distinct imagery, and you know not to not to get too like um, basic bitch understanding of culture, but like imagery that's that's pretty stark and standard to uh um to a hispanic audience yeah like it's 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 a really cool it's it's really cool metaphor especially in lucha underground where it's not really metaphor even (laughs) because mill is definitely a zombie guy yeah even if phoenix isn't literally a phoenix usually (laughs) i would this is this is the thing the thing with lucha is like because I know how good they are at setting up story, like when they want to have like something really good, I want to see every time a story is remotely interesting to me more than I think more than any other wrestling show. I really, really, really want to see it like play out to its fullest possible extent. And this is no exception. There's so many like tantalizing bits to this uh, that are just small and subtle and probably not even like, you know, super intentionally placed there. They're just kind of incidental that I still really want to like um, follow through on. I want to know, like, again, I mentioned how the last time we were here, we had that promo where Katrina appeared to Mil Muertes when he was in the locker room. And like, we saw Mill putting his mask on. I want to know what's under that mask. I want to know like kind of what drove Katrina more specifically into Phoenix's arms specifically. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to see some sort of like mythological side to the life versus death fight. I, I want to see this go like, all out and i know we don't have time to um but the storytelling in the show is so good that like i want every story to be like laid out to its fullest possible extent because there's so there's so many little like cracks here that just have my imagination ablaze oh yeah and i i do think we're gonna get a little more into the lori stuff with them Uh, okay i know we will thinking back on it is i know that's gonna continue to be bonkers okay that's dope but for now, it is a situation of like Katrina has been macking on Phoenix for reasons we don't quite know. Um, I I want to say, you know, you could argue it could be implied that it's because Mill is 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 a, a is kind of abusive. But I don't even I don't, think it's the bad. show. Do, the show doesn't try it to like paint that. it. Yeah, the show doesn't she, frame it that way. I mean, the way they kind of frame it is like Katrina. God, it almost reads like a like a like a hypergamy thing of like Katrina's getting tired of Mill, like oh I don't want to play with you anymore, and she sees Phoenix um, as for some reason the the one who can stand up uh, and be a true competitor to Mill, and that like turns around and she's like yeah I want me a piece of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what it seems to be implied, and like that's fine as a motivation, but God, I want more. I want, I want it to be deeper than that. Like normally it's again, it's, it's so funny the way I react to Lucha underground versus the way I react to, to other stuff we watch, because like for, for other, for a lot of other, the wrestling shows, I would see that motivation and I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. Whatever. Is it a little hokey? Sure. But I like the simplicity here. I wanted to get like needlessly in depth and like it just explore every corner of this drama and lore and like silly goofy yeah. supernatural bullshit yeah i feel like lucha underground is the one place i i hate to be to say that i do kind of enjoy that lore heavy bullshit 
in a way that I understand that not a whole, not a lot of wrestling fans, not a, lo a lot of wrestling fans are not of that kind of opinion, but I like the stupid lore bullshit. And I feel like Lucha Underground is a rare place where they're willing to explore that and work, make it in a way that doesn't feel stupid. Well, okay. When you say a lot of wrestling fans are, are not a huge fan of that, would you say that, is it like specifically in relation to Lucha or just on a broad level? On a broader level. See, here's like, the thing like though. The kind of, oh. Like the kind of, like, I, I kind of look at it of like, especially if, if by lore, we're also getting into this realm of supernatural bullshit. Like that's a very polarizing aspect of wrestling. Um, like the undertaker is the probably like the only universally beloved <laughs> character that falls on that realm of like spooky bullshit. Mm -hmm. And even then how much people tolerate the undertaker varies a lot. Yeah. That. And there was a period where he just became like a biker and that's it. Yeah. But like, I, I like when I say that kind of stuff, like I think of like how people think of the fiend and I'm like, yeah, like, in Lucha Underground, that's a beloved character almost universally. But in, in WWE, a different environment, it, it's, a, there's a, it's as many people love it as many people hate it. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like for Lucha specifically, a fan of that on a broad level, I feel like if it were like these wrestling fans and they weren't familiar with Lucha and then they watched Lucha and mm -hmm. saw the like lore, I feel like they'd be more amenable to it because the way Lucha presents itself, and we've talked about this before, but like the way Lucha presents itself is so starkly different from the rest of like kind of the the world of wrestling in that it it really leans into the fact that it's fictional like obviously there's the um um there's the uh the live fighting in front of an audience aspect to it but like if it's it deliberately formats itself in a way that it basically every week turns the camera and goes we are telling you a very fictional story yeah. and you just get to, you just get the pleasure of watching the fight scenes live. Um, so it, it feels more like not, not prestige drama, but like, you know, B level TV, uh, B level, mm -hmm. like supernatural TV drama rather than, um, uh, rather than like reality TV, like the rest of wrestling does. So like the supernatural is allowed for so much more mm -hmm. because they, they do they just treat kayfabe so differently. Yeah, it doesn't pretend to be like a legitimate fighting sport, which mm -hmm. and it doesn't ground itself in any in enough realism that like spooky bullshit can like feel weird and out of place. They're like, no, what the fuck it? We got zombie boy, phoenix guy, dragon guy. Yeah, yeah, li what does all, it matter? all of them literal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what? Who cares? Yeah, it, it's I I so. That's that's why I'm able to get so much out of like Mill versus Phoenix, and why I'm so like, oh my god, I want more of this um, this supernatural lore to come in because I I don't know it's it is so fascinating, and I trust Lucha Underground to make it compelling because that's what that's what they do really well. They make the they make the the story beats surrounding the fighting really compelling. They make it aesthetically compelling. They make it narratively compelling. They make the characters really compelling. Um, and it's something you 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 uh, you have an active desire to um to delve more into that because it, it it is it's it's like a it's like a supernatural serialized B show sort of thing. Um, yeah. And it, it and it works so well. That's 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 obviously like big strength of Robert Rodriguez and and 
his his periphery. So mm. I everything about this feud I love so far, and we'll talk more about it later. But yeah, yeah. And then uh, we also had Big Rick and Sexy Star because uh, in Dario Cueto's 5D chess attempts to uh, take out everybody that he hates without them realizing he's doing that, uh, he pit, he's pit, he pit uh, Big Rick against Sexy Star where the winner would ostensibly get a fight of uh, the crew because the crew had tried to hurt them both. Mm-hmm. And he's clearly hoping that Big Rick takes out Sexy Star and then this crew take out Big Rick and he wins. Yep, pretty much. Uh pretty straightforward. It's been a it's been a wild ride thus far. Um the crew the crew I've I've been on a slow like warm up to them. I they they don't compel me as much as some other aspects of this show. Um but I do really enjoy um the the kind of dimension that's added to it with the with the big rick sexy star thing um especially if the after they had the audacity to knock out uh my faves pimpinella and masquerita sagrada um, uh, damn right i am still so salty about that and so salty that that was when i realized that they're both like basically jobbers um okay. mm. uh, uh, oh. sorry <laughs> I, I love them so much uh mm-hmm. pimpinella deserves better uh anyway um and and the there's of course the, always the added intrigue of Dario being like, "Hey, I can set this all up for you in my illegal fight club for you to hash out your differences in ring. How about it, baby?" Mm-hmm. Um, with all that in mind, uh, Big Rick and Sexy Star doesn't really go the way Dario would wa- would have wanted in that sense because Big Rick. The story of that match is that Big Rick fights Sexy Star with kid gloves on and. Mm-hmm. To their credit, it doesn't feel like they played that off as he did that because she's a woman. And that's the kind of relevant conversation. <laughs> Considering other intergender matches that happen in these series of episodes. It's yeah. Worth, it's worth mentioning that. They, but- they, 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 at least to me, it feels like they play it off more like, you know, just please get out of my way. I don't mm-hmm. feel like hurting you. Yeah. I, and it, I wanted and- to, but I just like legitimately don't feel like it. I just right. want to deal with the crew. Right, it's a situation where Big Rick is literally quite large, and yeah. Sexy Star is an average female athlete size. So he's like, "I, I can destroy you if I wanted to, but I don't really want to because I like you well enough. Just let me win." And you know, it's fine. It works pretty well. They even they end it with an explicitly he tries. He goes down to slam her. Then he decides to change his mind and just like physically restrain her shoulders to pin her. And so Big Rick taking on the crew, which does happen on episode 19 in Grave Consequence. Yes. Um, I mean, in a way, um, this almost fits into the theme of the, of the episode with the, with the title, like, Grave Consequences. Because um, it, it is a reckoning of sorts. This is, mm-hmm. this is Rick getting his chance to, uh, to avenge himself on the crew. Uh, yeah. It obviously doesn't have as high stakes as, as Mill vs. Phoenix as someone's going to end up fucking dead by the end. Right. But uh, it does it does fit in rather rather thematically well, which is something I didn't really notice last time uh, we mm-hmm. talked about this. Uh, it's always kind of the added benefit of, like, you know, it, must, it sucks to have technical issues. Sometimes getting to reevaluate the stuff, you notice little things. Um, but, but, yeah, the... The... the my my journey with kind of warming up to, you know, more stock characters like Big Rick and the and the crew, 
uh, has been one that's led me to really looking forward to to this match. And uh, as we'll talk about, you know, when we're kind of actually dissecting the matches, it did turn out to be a really good one. Yeah. And then we had uh, Tejano and Alberto El Patron. Uh, El Patron still not in jail. Keeping up, keeping with your real world updates in 2021. But okay. anyway, no, we 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 introduced that when we first did this. Yeah, audience, uh, we're gonna every time uh, Alberto Patron slash Alberto Del Rio uh, is mentioned on this show, we are gonna add a new segment. Is Alberto El Patron in jail yet? Uh, the answer is probably gonna continue to be no for a long, yeah, long time. Yeah, gonna, gonna be no for a while. Oh, do, L- domestic legal, abusers still have a legal. still have a uh, a bad track record of of actually facing justice. Yes. Anyway, on to the match. Is it? It. I. I said. I've said this. I said this the last two times I've had to talk about this. But they did a really. They did a really good job. Make it feel like they really hated each other and were trying to hurt each other. And then it ends when uh, they introduce the bull rope, which Tejano pulled the a great little trickaroo where he pulled the turnbuckle pad off, and the rest like, hey, hey, wait, 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 what are they doing? <laughs> And then Tahana's like, oh, okay, sorry. Mm-hmm. And then while the ref has to take the time to go put that back on, he Pico grabs his bull whip. <laughs> I still can't believe I got bamboozled by that. I just remember being so like, like, oh my god, they actually, the ref actually noticed the turnbuckle uh, pad being taken off. They never know. Oh, oh god. Oh, come on. I was, I, I still can't believe I got, I got hornswoggled um, by, by that little bit of fucking trickery. But here we are. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Fuck yeah. you, Tahano. Yeah, so Tahano he, he gets his bullwhip, but then uh, he um, then uh, then El Patron uh, turns the tables on him, and eventually it ends when Alberto El Patron gets DQ'd because he hits Tahano with the bull rope uh, and just beats the fuck out of him with it. Yeah, uh, to the uh, point that the point that people try to come break it up, and he just starts swinging the wo- rope around and, uh, and threaten to hit other people. <laughs> yeah, we're we're uh, he he's really like. It's 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 still so funny to see just how different he's played versus versus how he was in WWE of just like there he's this like big oaf who like sometimes gets legitimate. He never he never honest. feels this he never feels this vicious. In yeah, WWE. he he gets vicious. Um, I mean, this is his people. He's like a cultural hero of the time. So you know, we're all we're all big on we're all big on that, and he's mm-hmm. he's really like riding it high. Um, it's just so funny to see like to to see. Lucha Underground actually put him put the audience in a mindset of like paying actual respect to this man. Yeah, so it, it is one of those situations where Tahano won the match, but you know, was he the real winner? <laughs> yeah, the answer no, would not. be no. No, no, he ended up with some with some uh, pretty red marks from that bull rope. Um, mm-hmm. Although I could see him like reveling in it as like a Joker thing of like, ha, you sunk to my level. This is all it. Uh, this proves my point that all it takes is one bad, bad day. day. Yeah, <laughs> one bad day. I could, I could <laughs> see, ta- I could see Tahano like Joker posting about this, honestly. Yeah. Um, but also Del Rio's uh, a little too unhinged at this point to to feel like a proper Batman. So so who knows how the dynamic really feels? Yeah. Uh, I'll take the time in between episodes uh, to because we covered two last time we did Lucha Underground to talk about the one thing that happened that wasn't re- didn't really pay off in any ep- in a match is the stuff with Prince Puma and Conan where Conan got two vignettes where he's hanging out in the rain in a warehouse 
and beating up on got random dudes and he reforges the cane supposed hopefully stronger than the one that he broke against cages back that he's out revenge will be had by conan i every time like, like okay it's this is this is kind of a random question but just i i i associate every time i hear is he supposed is that name supposed to be like uh evocative of conan the barbarian I, I don't know. I've always kind of assumed that was actually just his real name. Let me look that up. Oh, okay. I've, ne- I've never really thought about his name. Because, like, it feels like it it, it, it appropriate to, to uh, an appropriate thing to evoke, you know? Um, that might be what he's thinking. That might, mm, considering he just kind of, he did make it up. That might have been what, he, that might have been. Oh, my God. Yeah, it kind of was. It was. He, he was. Conan L. Barbaro. Hey! <laughs> and then he oh. shortened it to Conan. Oh, who called it? I called it. Um, oh. I'm, oh. I'm, oh. I am I am impressed that you called out why his name is Conan. I because I was thinking that I'm like, cause because my mate, I hear that name and I'm like, it's it's Arnie. But like I, I wasn't sure. Um so yeah. Uh he and, and and barbarism he does seem to be wanting to do. He's a big old boy and he seems big mad about some big things. Yeah. And meanwhile we get Prince Puma punching a heavy bag, you know, being mad. And El Patron this happened before this happened before El Patron's match with Tejano. He was like, huh, you're gonna need to get angry if you wanna beat Cage. And if you do beat Cage, you got me to worry about. I'm next. Yeah. So Staking his claim to the title, assuming uh, um, uh, Puma gets past the, the the man who is not a man, but is in fact a machine. Which the fact they set that up that way does make this story really interesting to follow. This, this is gonna this is kind of an irrelevant thing to talk about for this episode. Because spoiler alert, we don't really get anything with either of these storylines in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is gonna be interesting to see how that makes this whole thing pay off because. Like pitching, um, uh, you know, Alberto El Patron up against um, either Cage or Puma, probably Puma, feels like, I mean, to to put it in a pretty modern perspective, it feels it feels like a stroke you do with something something to the effect of like CM Punk versus uh, 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 Adam Page. Of like mm-hmm. you have this big, well-established dude who's had a victorious return to the fold, and he's gonna face down like top hero boy. Um, I do see that comparison when you put it like that. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, uh, troubled hero, bo- troubled hero boy at that. Um, so it does, it does make you think like it could come out, you know, with with Puma still on top. But there's also at this point. No way in hell they're letting Puma get out of this unscathed. Cage is just getting... Cage is like the Incredible Hulk. He's getting angrier and angrier every single time he goes up against this little shit. And he keeps, and he keeps like, getting, like, roiding out even harder because of that. And now we have mm-hmm. Conan in the mix, who I am, you know, have just been guessing for a hot second now that he's going to just Judas Iscariot the fuck out of Puma and try mm-hmm. to call for, you know, try to try to take the title for himself. So... I don't know how this is going to turn out. I, I and I, I don't have I don't obviously have a time machine to let me go back to the writers' room, so I don't know how much of this was intentional. But God, this show does such a good job at like setting up all of these really plausible 
avenues with by uh, with, uh down which their plot could go um and it 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 does uh make things really bamboozling and keep things from getting predictable a lot of the time yeah for sure um then we move into the second episode we had talked about with um it starts with pentagon junior and our Hennis, where uh Pentagon uh, gets another victory, but it isn't as much, isn't really as much of a squash match as he's had before. Arhanis puts up a pretty big, good fight. Yeah. Um, that, which, which like, is still kind of funny. Like, like they, they let Arhanis have a little more dignity than that, but still rip his arm. Yeah. Uh, Pentagon sacrifices another arm to his dark master. Yep. We we do not yet know what he want what what Pentagon's end goal is here. I mean, he's just, clearly clearly a solid arm collection. Duh. He's also here to write all the jobbers out of the show. <laughs> yeah. That that does seem like a slightly like weird move on on uh uh um Jesus. Uh the show's part. The show's part, whatever. The, the Lucha, Lucha Underground's part. Dear God, folks, you must excuse my many brain farts. Uh, it does feel like a weird, like, like they're just shelving their entire, their entire jobber roster by by in kayfabe hospitalizing them. Like, why? Why are we getting rid of all the like? Because here's the thing: this is the one show where I actively like jobbers. I, I enjoy all of the jobbers here. So why are we sending all of them to 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 uh, several months on on bye bye oopsie I got hurt leave. At least we still have Superfly. <laughs> Do well, you know. I feel like Superfly's. Wait, didn't Superfly also get his arm sacrificed to the arm no. god? No, not Superfly. Okay, He's fine. Well, I'm sure he'll be on the chopping block soon enough. I really want to imagine, and I know this is not going to happen. I really want to imagine that this is all going to culminate in an episode where like all of the jobbers are out of the hospital and they're real pissed that they've like all like basically had to be bedfellows together. And they like, you know, lay Miz style, like revolution revolt up in the temple of like, Hey, fuck you. We're going to, we're going to. And they just kind of like storm shit and start wrecking everywhere. I would love that so much if that happened. Not in the same, not in the same way that you're thinking. But I will say, Wait, what? when it comes to Pentagon's victims deciding to kick his ass for it. Wait, wait, wait. For it. But, but, but here's the thing. I'm also including uh, Masquerita and, and, uh, and Pimpinella in this, too. Because mm-hmm. they also, unrelated, got Jobber hospitalized. Mm-hmm. So they got to be in on this, too. And they're not Pentagon victims. Yeah. Damn I'm it. Not, it's going to be a while before we come to that. But I... We'll say that, like, Pentagon has, like, incurred the wrath of the people. He does end up incurring the wrath of the people that he breaks the arms of. What am I so good? You know what? You know what? I, at this point, I, I, I'm usually not an egotistical person. Give me the fucking wrestling writer's room. I'm so good at booking this shit. Come on. (laughs) Give me the job. It's so clear at this point. I, I, I booked a better ending to Summer of Punk than, than Vince ever could have shat out. Um, I, I'm able to predict stuff like this. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just too good. I, my, my brain is too big. It, is, it, it, it must not be constrained by such t- t- tiny matters as fantasy books. I must do the real booking, damn it. How does he do it? How does he know? No! 800 IQ! 
I see through the veil. <laughs> I did just kind of have my own, like, my own, like, Bosch freak out moment of, like, ha! How does he do? Yes. As soon as um, I saw the look on your face, I was describing it. I was like, oh, please, please tell me that I'm actually, like, on the money with this. Because I was just throwing that out as, like, a, wouldn't that be funny if we got, like, do you hear the people sing? Just, like, one episode, but, but please. Yeah, we we do get it as much as, as, as a wrestling show is going to do that. You know what? I'm still waiting on my musical episode. Where is my musical? Actually, you know, you know, what? You, know, you, know? You, know you know, funny enough is that PWG has a show called PWG the Musical. That did, I don't think it was a musical, but they did name it like that for a joke. Well, what the hell, you cowards? Make it an actual musical. <laughs> Back to Lucha Underground. PWG is later in this show's run. Oh. And by this show, I mean our show, not Lucha Underground. Well, I very much look forward to it. And uh, if we cover PWG... No, 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 there is crossover because they're both indie companies in Southern California. So, you know, there is some crossover of talents. Crossover episode. <gasps> that excites me. Anyway... Uh, then we get on Helico and Ivelisse. So what happened here is that on is that Ivelisse, after beating on Helico one time, she went to Daria and was like, "I want a shot at the title." And Daria's like, "No, that's no. stupid. <laughs> what? No, incorrect." <laughs> Even though she tries to say she is the baddest bitch in the building, and Daria's yeah, like, yeah, yes, I know. I've heard it. That moment is still so good. Yeah, yeah, the baddest bitch. I know. I know. So he, 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 Dario decides that there was just too much shenanigans with Son of Havoc. And so the only way to stop there from being more shenanigans is to have Son of Havoc be in the match. So he is the special guest referee. And God, I have to explain this a third time. Uh, actually, no, I'm not going to explain the full bit. But what I'll just say is the match was really gross because they did a lot of like sex position stuff jokes with Ivelisse and Angelico that were played for laughs, and you're supposed to think that Angelico is the good guy, even though Ivelisse comes off way more sympathetic here, because as much as she is a bitchy a bitch and a bad girlfriend to Son of Havoc, she still doesn't really deserve to deal with this dude perving on her at work. So, but it ends when uh, Son of Havoc basically screws Ivelisse out of the wind, because uh, on Helico, six. Uh, it's not a sixty-nine pin. It's just like a crawl over. It's like it's like it's a crawl over pin done sexily. Mm-hmm. But he crawls over Evilise, and so Son of Havoc's like, "Fuck it, Qu- quick count three pins." So he has an excuse to throw on Helico off. Um, but their issues are not over. That's one of my very favorite, like, really niche tropes. Is the like, uh, crooked ref like, bumbling his way into actually, like, screwing the people he's supposed to be in the tank for. Yeah, because we did, so we, so we saw that with old Danny Davis in uh, Primetime Wrestling, yep. too. Yep. Screw the hearts, you're right. You've probably seen that one or two other times, too, although I can't remember off the top of my head, but, like, I love that that's, like, an actual trope, because, I mean, that's how you have to play it sometimes, and it's so, it's a great little comedy bit that you just, like, you can't, you can't help but, like, things like, oh, that's so cute, you know, you you, you 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 did the dumb. Look at you. Yeah, uh, you fool. <laughs> and then congratulations, uh, you played yourself. yourself. 
Yes. Uh, and then our final match of the last two episodes before we get to the one we we're talking, we're going to go in more depth on. We had King Cuerno and Prince of Puma in a steel cage match, and it was really good. Uh, oh, yeah. Definitely a, a top. Honestly, I was going to say, it, it actually isn't my favorite cage match. It doesn't even come close to it. I, 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 we've just been watching so many good cage matches, I can't even be like, this is the greatest cage match we've seen on this show, because I don't, I don't even agree to that. But it is really, really good. Um, it's a nice, it's a nice blow off to everything to their like aggressively quick feud because Queen Cuerno was like, I'm going to start hunting you Mundo. And we can only assume it's because Mundo wears furs. We can only assume that's why big game Hunter is targeting Mundo specifically. Yeah. He thinks Mundo is an animal. I guess. I, yeah, I was someone. Someone. I. I did this bit last time, but someone should really check his his glasses. I'm really worried about his eyesight. <laughs> there, you, you get the you get the the the, the trimmed down version of it. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh we get a really good match between them. Uh, Mundo does win when he decides to, when he could he he could have left by escaping the cage because they use both rule sets where you can either pin the guy or you can escape the cage. But he gets up to the top and he's like, you know what? Fuck this guy. So he dives off the top of the cage and then he pins him in the mitts. <laughs> yeah. It, the, 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 the fuck this guy mentality is, um, is um, uh, really strong with Johnny Mundo always. He just kind of mm -hmm. has that fuck this guy energy. Um, and I really appreciate it. Uh, talk about a, a man who does parkour and yet he doesn't let parkour be his only defining character trait. He also yeah. has spite. Yep. Spite, spiteful Mundo. Pure, unadulterated spite. And then I guess the thing to talk about uh, is, and it's a good transition point to our episode, is that we have, after the shocking revelation of Black Lotus getting kidnapped, uh, across these two episodes that we're recapping to lead into the episode that we're reviewing on this episode. So that's three episodes in a row. No follow-up to this. Well, not a damn thing to talk about. So Black Lotus, uh, she, uh, she got, she found Matanza and she was like, you have killed my father. Prepare to die, vaguely, roughly. Um, whatever, close enough. And then she gets kidnapped and we get a whole episode of her being stuck, thrown in the trunk of a car. And then <laughs> we end an episode where uh, guy, mysterious man, masked man is like, Come with me if you want all the answers, and we don't have all the, any of the answers. And we have, and we have received zero answers since then. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely zero. Um, uh, I would make a joke about, uh, you know, Pentagon. Well, you've heard of Pentagon Zero Cerro Miedo, but have you heard of Pentagon Cerro? But I can't remember what the Spanish. Don't word know what the word is. for answers is. Damn it! I, I I I know I know the word for question is pregunta. I don't know answer though. Damn we it. have plenty of preguntas. We have plenty of we. I do have. I have. I have lots of preguntas. But <laughs> that's no our episode. That's our episode title this week. Lots of preguntas. Lots of preguntas. I feel like that's kind of off topic, but again, so is this entire show. So yeah. So let's move it. move on to the us. Okay. okay. Yeah. You've you've heard of Pentagon Cerro Miedo, but have you heard of Pentagon Cerro Respuestas? Hey. You tried. I really did. Anyway, to episode Lucha Underground Season 1, Episode 19. Before we continue, let's go ahead and say how you can watch. If you're watching this and you would like to 
watch the episode that we watched. How I know it's very, that? very hard to tear your eyes and ears away from our just just animal magnetism that we exude on this show. And but our abs- and our absolutely incredible banter and references. I, I know, I know. I I can imagine how appealing this entire experience is to everybody watching. And I know it's addicting. I know you just like gotta have more, but if you, re- I, I, I do suggest, you know, trying to compel yourself to follow along with us a little bit and Austin will tell you. how. Yes. So if you would like to watch uh episode season Lucha underground season one, episode 19 grave consequences or heck all of Lucha underground, you can go to Tubi.tv. It is a free, it is essentially a free Netflix in that it is not has different stuff than Netflix, but it, but it is structured exactly like Netflix and it's free with ads. All you got to do, make an account and you're donezo. Um, addition, uh, uh, if, if, um, uh, you're, if 2B TV is not available in your region or you, or you don't want to watch the whole thing. Maybe you just want to watch grave consequences. I get mm. that. It's a critically acclaimed match. And trust me, it's as good as advertised. We'll get to it in a second. If you just want to watch Grave Consequences, the match, you can go to, to, YouTube, to, to YouTube and on El Rey Network's YouTube page is the full match. They uploaded the entire 20-plus minute affair. So you can just go on YouTube and watch the match. It's pretty great. Definitely Ace, recommend it. Lucha Underground, I have to say. Yep. So, uh, that having been said, uh, I'm just going to sign off here, I guess. Quote, unquote, uh, sign off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're going to do one continuous video if you're, watch, if you're looking at it from a recording perspective. Um, so, yeah. Now we are now starting the back half. We have totally just watched episode 19 again. Whatever. Yep. Oh, yeah. Why, it's so good, I think I'll have to try it a second time. <laughs> it's like the it's like the, the Patrick star with the candy bar. I think I'll eat it now. And then he yeah. eats it and he's like, I think I'll eat, eat it, it now. now. <laughs> you ate my candy bar. Yeah. Anyway. And that candy bar is Lucha. I don't know how to connect that back. No, no. I mean, I was going to say something to that effect. Lucha Underground is our proverbial candy bar, which... Which is a, is is a fair comparison. It is a treat to be here every time. Oh. Ah, you did it better than I could. Yeah, that's why I'm the wordy boy. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, episode was good. Yes, it was very good. Very very good. It was very a it was a story light episode in terms of non wrestling matches. It's it's we get one promo thing, and other than that, it's match match match. Yeah, one promo and one like teaser oh yeah i guess they, they do the next week on lucha underground bit so yep and they, and they do advertise a, i mean we can just get it out of the way they they're advertising a big card for next time let alone all the good shit that's, that's here for this episode next episode they're they're doing a puma verse uh david lost your audio on okay, now- there it is uh you're back you're back there for a second then Wait, come on. Okay, now you're back. I don't, I don't know why I lost you there for like five seconds, but you okay, were, whatever. Okay. I lost you while you were tell, saying what the matches were. Okay, restarting that phrase. So yeah, next up, ep- next episode. Uh, let alone how good this episode is, uh, the next episode is also promising to be pretty freaking great. Uh, it's gonna be a rematch of of Puma and Johnny, uh, Puma and Brian Cage. 
Um, presumably with with Conan shenanigans thrown in there for for good measure, you know, with it's all a, these like Conan uh, 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 promos we've been getting. It's a Boyle and, Heights. Um, it's a Boyle Heights street fight, so like he can legally use that cane now. <laughs> oh hey, look, they're, they're planning for which is funny because they describe it as like Puna has Puma has asked no has demanded that it be a Boyle Heights street fight, and I'm like. He he has to prove how tough he is. <laughs> I guess so. This like, man destroyed his title belt. <laughs> yeah, not replaced. Puma's get- so like. I mean that that's the thing with Puma is like he makes for a great character in that he's so like. Um, he he's there. There's a great drama with him being pushed around by everybody around him. But the consequence of that is like it's so hard to like set a definite character for him because he just doesn't like really react to things so it's weird to imagine him going up and demanding like uh demanding this match because he feels like he needs to like be tougher like he doesn't seem i don't i can't tell how affected he is by that but i guess he's i guess gone to his head a little bit that he needs to really prove himself yeah so it is a match for the lucha underground championship Mm -hmm. that um and then in the second match they advertised is we also get the AAA Mega Championship being mm-hmm. defended as Alberto Del Rio against Tejano in a bull rope match where that bull rope, they keep swinging at each other. That's legal now. That's going to be legal in the match. Yes. Um, it's that that's that's going to be I'm just really looking forward to the chaos of that, of just like these <laughs> two men swinging bull ropes at each other. It's going to be so silly and I'm, I'm excited. Oh, yeah, going to be great. But we start off this episode with uh, Drago and Aerostar in the best of five. Um, yep. Match we, number three. Three. Yes, it started at one to one. And after that, Dario was like, hey, I like you guys wrestling. What if you wrestled some more? And we're going to retroactively say your last two matches were the first two matches in a best of five. And the winner gets a, a unique opportunity. Yep. Which Naturally, would have we me, don't know what that means. Yeah. Personally, a Dario unique opportunity would have me running for the fucking hills and just conceding all the matches and being like, yeah, you can you can go to handle that. But but these guys, I guess, are uh, not quite as adept at reading the writing on the wall. As I, as I said uh, in our, as I think I mentioned last time we this was part of the show, mm. is that like one of the benefits of, in terms of the story being told here, of the fact that nobody watches the show because it doesn't exist. Like the stuff that we see is not everything that they see. Yeah. So we know that Dario is a sketchy piece of shit. But if you're the kind of wrestler like Aerostar or Drago, who has otherwise not really dealt with any of Dario's bullshit up to this point, you don't necessarily know that he's a sketchy piece of shit. And you might take him at his word on that. I suppose so. But he just gives us sketchy vibes, dude. He's so like, he's so like, oh, you know, I, I totally run this, you know, legit fight club. But like, he just feels skeezy. I mean, he does, but they might they might take that to just mean like, oh, he's he is a, a legal fight club guy or whatever, and not like a, he's going to actively fuck me over kind of a guy. I guess. That's two different levels in my book anyway. That's fair. Um, but either either way, so they we know to, to be very afraid when he offers unique opportunities. They don't. So they're just they're just going at it like good boys. Yeah, that's. It's kind of an interesting, uh, you know, development of their of their of the of this series, and that like 
the first two match, I don't think this match gets significantly more like intense per se, but now there's like actual stakes involved to it. The first two matches were very much just like pure friendly competition slash a little bit of career advancement, you know, in yeah. the sake of a win would probably do you better than a loss. But now there's like a legitimate thing on the line that they are working towards a, a, a there is an active goal and not just a hypothetical one. So it makes the match feel a little bit more like meaty weighty is a better word I was looking for. That's, that's totally fair. Um, I think like, I, although, although I do like that it's still a friendly competition. Yeah, it's not, it hasn't, it hasn't devolved into anything more aggressive at this point. We'll see. Oh, come as, on. We'll I like see. I like that it's friendly. I like that there's not some dumb, dramatic baggage weighing it down. I just like that we get to see two really talented dudes face off against each other uh, and not get, like, not feel the need to promo the fuck out of each other in order to justify it. It's just it's just cool to see two dudes who get along. Because it feels like, it almost feels like this peek behind the curtain. Because, like, unless two wrestlers, like, legitimately do not like each other off stage, like, all of what wrestling is is, is like, it's people who you know, are friends and they go out there and they perform together. And that performance just happens to be like a very physical fake fight. Mm -hmm. um, and this almost, and when it's a friendly competition, it almost feels like a peek behind the curtain. Cause it just feels like we're seeing the authentic, like these two dudes are just doing their job and they're doing it well. And it's fun to watch. Um, and, and for this one specifically, what I said a lot of last time that I still stand by is that this, this specific match felt like a dance between two people. Yeah, is is this is definitely a a flippy boys match indeed. Like they're oh God, I know. they're they're flying all over the place. The highlight for me was definitely um the is um Aerostar doing his trust fall <laughs> into Drago. I know. It, they they pull off they pull off some great stuff. I still I still really like um um I, I always like when uh, the wrestlers are able to, like, you know, are about to get hit from a jump from a rope, um, and they, like, roll out of the way, and the person just, like, goes tumbling down. We got we got mm -hmm. Aerostar doing a nice little belly flop onto the onto the mat um, after Drago oh, yeah. was quick enough to roll out of the way. That's always fun to see. Um, yeah. And it ends with old Aerostar get, picking up the dub. He does. And... Very, very honorably. Um in some ways, like there's not a whole lot to say about this this match, um, but it 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 was just it's just good to watch. Um, again, this is me repeating some of what what I said I think on our first attempt at recording this, but like matches like these, um, they just they're such easy viewing, and I don't say that in a bad way. I say that in that they're just like abjectly pleasant to watch. Um, mm -hmm. There are stakes, sure, but they're not stakes that have you like absolutely losing your mind. Um, it's it it feels it, again. It feels very well choreographed. It feels like a a really pure artistic expression. This is it's it's matches like these that make that make wrestling really feel like like a brilliant visual art form uh, in a really like special way. Mm -hmm. um, and it just feels like I could like set it to some to some like chill vibes music. Um, and just kind of zone out and vibe to it while like trying to work on stuff or something. It's just, it's just so yeah. deeply pleasant to watch. And I really enjoy that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And I think it just serves as a nice contrast to both matches 
that it happened on this episode later, but also yeah. definitely the main event. <laughs> I mean, it's it is funny that that such a friendly match falls falls under the grave consequences episode. Um, if anything, it feels like you know foreshadowing to whatever the fuck this special opportunity is going to be. Um, but either way, it's uh, it, it is it's a nice, light, fluffy start to this. A nice, pleasant thing um, to to not have to worry too much about all of the uh, the shit going on later. You can have one match, kind of just breathing room, getting into the mood. Um, and I just, I, I really enjoy Drago personally. I've been through a lot with Drago in the episodes we've watched. So he's, he's a personal favorite of mine. So I'm always rooting for my boy. Um, and whatever happens, I, I hope he turns out. Okay. Dragon, dragon man, dragon man Dra- with a dragon. big old black tongue. Dragon man taking the L to rocket man. And I don't, to have man. I don't have the Elton John lyrics pulled up. So I can't do another Elton John sing along. I will. I'll keep that in mind for next time. True. Uh, yes. So that match happens. Uh, that is at this point we get a the video package of the day, where old uh, it's a lot more Conan fighting in a warehouse, <laughs> but it also is uh, Conan playing chess. With a puma that they 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 try to make that a secret, almost like a secret reveal moment, as if that isn't the most obvious person for Conan to be playing chess with. Yeah, and then Conan kicks his ass at chess, and then he's like, as, as sort of a motivational thing, and then he, he and then he whacks the because he uses one of those chess timers, those move timers they use in like legit chess competition. Yeah. He like hits, he like whacks it with his cane. You know, as goofy as these promos are getting, because like you've pointed out, this is the third time we're seeing uh, Conan just standing in the rain in a warehouse. Um, I, I, it has to be a meditative thing for him. Like, you know, some people just vibe out in the rain. That's gotta be it for him. You know? Um, <laughs> As goofy as these promos are, and it's like so over the top, and he's like, of course, playing chess while giving a motivational, slightly sinister mentor speech. Like you said last time, the Kingdom Hearts. Do you think the light will defeat the darkness? No, I think the darkness will beat the light. Uh, a, uh, a, a, a definite actual line of dialogue that happened in Kingdom Hearts. Yep. Uh, look, Puma got Norted. What can I say? Um, yeah, as, no. as 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 I'm, I, I got. I remember the thing I said last time of Conan saying, uh, of course, to Puma, roughly. So you have come this far, and still you understand nothing. Nothing. <laughs> um, of course, but I will give it this for as for as silly and over the top as these promos are, they are in a way effective because we can laugh at how like at how tropey all of this feels, but with they, they've done a good job at building up Conan as this, like, lingering what the hell, this guy keeps failing the vibe check, and I'm not sure what to make of him sort of deal. <laughs> um, I mean, that that is, that's the thing! He keeps, fa- from episode one, he has failed the vibe check. What have I been saying since episode one? Hmm, sure it's weird how, how much of a dick his coach is to him, but okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, after all of that, having this really, like, you know, mysterious and threatening TM uh set of promos to be like conan revenge is coming um it it does fill you with a slight sense of dread of like there is a reckoning going to be had 
in some form or other. Um, and Conan's going to be wrecking shit uh, for said uh, for said reckoning. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's goofy, but aesthetically, it is kind of effective, and it does set up in the back of your mind. Yeah, oh man, something's going to go real bad here. And I don't know how to feel about it personally. Yeah. So then we get Big Rick versus the crew in an elimination tornado tag, which is uh, rules for all three of them can gang up on him anytime they want. Yep. I, I really want to. I really want to see like one of the one of the crew, or at least one of the crew, turn tail and start fighting against the other crew, and then being like, "What the fuck?" Now, there wouldn't have that been a twist. I would have gotten a huge out. kick out of that. Um, but yeah, you know, but it, it does. The match follows this formula of like they uh, when when a big Rick can easily kick the shit out of any one of them. Three on one, they have the advantage, but then they also keep using weapons that then Big Rick can use. <laughs> yeah, and kick their asses with. They 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 sow the seeds of their own undoing. Um, yep. I did I did mention this last time of like this um this specific match. Um, it did feel a little like weirdly paced to me at first. Like like the crew gang up on him and like there there's kind of an inconsistency in their power level in doing so. Um. In that, like, you know, they do topple over Big Rick, but then, like, for some reason, they stop ganging up on him, and they just kind of take him one by one, even though they could just easily, like, down him in a second by ganging up on him. And then, and then like, they try ganging up on him again, he's all of a sudden able to, like, get the upper hand, and all of their traps mm-hmm. fail and whatever. So it is a little, like, there, there is some, like, slight head-scratching I did in this one of, like, this doesn't make a whole lot of like logical sense if you think about it for a little bit of like what their strategy for dealing with rick here is and there's not really a whole lot of narrative reason for it for them to act this specific way but you know it gets the job done and rick gets to have his victory which in some ways i was almost surprised by um Mm -hmm. but also i feel like the because because on a show like lucha you just feel like the heels Suppose should get should be getting a lot of dubs just because it gets so like gritty and whatever. Um, but I also feel like if they did like Rick losing to all three, it just feel like this storyline was like spinning its wheels and stalling out. So yeah, I, it, I, it feels like he has to get the win eventually for the you know burned the eye out thing. So so yeah, if the crew takes a, gets the dub here, then it does feel like we're just kind of prolonging the win. That we all know is coming anyway. Yeah. So. Um, it, 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 it does, it does kind of add up to, you know, of course, Big Rick gets to have his, you know, uh, predetermination, uh, uh, victory on these, on these little fuckos after he pre confessed for, for, uh, for beating down some fools. He did some, um, da- he did some daredevil shit. Yeah. Confessing to murder before he does the murder. Yeah, no. Thank goodness uh priests can't tattle for that shit. Um but either way, um our 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 boy Rick um slowly but surely is able to like get the drop on them and like you said, he starts using their own weapons against them. Much yeah. in the vein of our boy Alberto Patron, he gets a hold of their uh um their signature weapon, the kendo stick, uh and just starts going to town. Beats the fuck out of him. He pins yeah. Bale and then he pins uh, Cortez Castro and all. Mr. Cisco is all that's left. 
Still really and, disappointed he didn't he didn't get Bale's ass uh, when it was sticking out right there with the kendo stick. I was really I just wanted to sell like, like like he was on all fours and down, and I just wanted Rick to give a solid like boom to the ass. Yeah, would have been so. So Cisco tries to run away, and out comes Sexy Star to then push him back down the stairs. Um. And yeah. Big Rick was super happy to see Sexy. Oh yeah. Help him oh, out. yeah. Yeah, the wholesome. I love this so much. So Cisco, of course, bitches out because he's a he's a weasley little liar, dude. Um, but he and he runs he runs up the temple stairs. And like for those of you who haven't watched yet and who continue to ignore our very sage advice that you go watch this on Tubi.tv and YouTube.com.gov, um, you uh, the, the the image here is like there's the there's the main ring and then there's the bleachers. And you know, down the aisle, of the bleachers is a nice, big, tall staircase leading up to a to kind of like a second, uh, second floor and overlook. That's where all the, the baby faces come out. They come yeah. down the stairs. Yeah, they come. They come out down the stairs. It's a nice. It's a nice, big, pretty steep looking staircase. So he climbs up, and up at the top, there's sexy star to meet him. Um, and it cuts to Big Rick for a second, and he gets the biggest, sweetest smile on his face, and all of a sudden, he goes from this like vengeful. Um, we're slightly trying to do like Mr. T slash Terry Crews, uh, aesthetic here to like Insta teddy bear of just this big dude. Who's so happy to see this woman show up to help him wreck shit. Um, and this is another thing where I will get back to the match in a second, but this is another thing where I want more. I want so much more that I'm not sure we're going to get of. I want to see like a best friendship odd couple sort of thing blossom with Big Rick and Sexy Star. I want it to be like a Kane Daniel Bryan sort of thing where they met under like weird circumstances and they just kind of like had similar interests. So they clicked and, and they become like best buddies and it's really cute because it's so wholesome. Rick is so happy to see her and it's such a great change of pace from last time when we just had like, uh, you know, Rick sternly being like no don't touch me i don't want to hurt you here he's like yes friend come help it's so sweet and made me so happy mm-hmm. so then big rick he gets a hold of cisco and does the uranagi choke slam onto the chair and is and it was gnarly because unlike usually when you do that set up that kind of spot it's done in a way so the chair folds back into it folds back down this didn't the chair didn't fold instead it bent instead the seat of the chair just bent it looked like it was melting ow yeah it did it really did like like he throws him down into the open chair and once once cisco once cisco hits the floor the chair is just like the 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 front half of like the part where you sit is just it's just slumped over Mm -hmm. um and god i don't know if that was rigged or what but Ow. I, that has to be legit because there's I don't know how you'd rig it that way. The, that's not you that's not usually how like they do that when they rig how these chairs work. They don't do that. I know, just ow. But then yeah, then uh Rick pins Cisco off of that. And mm, we're done. Shocker. Yes, then we get the as they say, Matt Stryker and Vampiro. Um hype up next week's big championship matches Mm -hmm. and then we get grave consequences which i haven't mentioned on this episode what that means uh grave consequences is a casket match or excuse me i should use matt striker's proper verbiage it is a funerary box box match (sighs) again as i said the first time we did 
they do this really good job of like they give this whole day of the dead vibe to this to this match they have like the people in the skeletal face paint all come out playing the somber tone and carrying the it's literally coffin. just like hispanic au undertaker entrance yeah and and yeah vampiro on commentary explaining the significance of the day of the dead to pete to an to an audience who might be american and might not necessarily get all the same traditions it, it's I kind of wild to me that that like people wouldn't know what day of the dead is because that's one of the most like saturated like hispanic culture things that has seeped its way into like mainstream america well i feel um, like i feel like in, in mainstream america it's more just like you know it exists and you get the you have to know the general aesthetic of it that's but fair. vampiro was trying to explain like the cultural beliefs of the, okay, the that's, afterlife that's this, this was pre-coco <laughs> yeah this yeah the coco hadn't come out yet we don't know how that works um <laughs> of but, course as, as we all know it's not a, it's not official real culture until disney does it Yep. So so wrestling isn't culture until WWE is bought by Disney is what you're saying. Wait, wait, no, don't manifest that. Don't you dare <laughs> manifest that. If if WWE is bought by Disney, I will literally off myself in Minecraft. <laughs> I will off myself in WWE 2K. Yeah, WWE, yeah, that's that's it. I'll 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 uh I'll get in ring as like the jobberiest of jobbers and put me up against like a really roided out rock. And just be like, have your way with me, master. And pin, pin me. Yeah. Pin and, me. Anyway, yeah, as I was as I was trying to get at, it was a really cool idea to have Vampiro explain that kind of cultural significance of the Day of the Dead to people who might not know about it. And I didn't catch any of it because I was too busy laughing at Matt Stryker when they bring the casket in. He goes, they are bringing in the funerary box. Or a coffin, if you will. <laughs> I, I just want—I just want to give you guys this image too of of what it was like. Austin literally was like he 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 was like this in his camera, like like even though he's wearing earphones or he's wearing headphones, he's not gonna like hear it any better if he's like tilts toward his. He's going like, hey, wait, wait, I gotta hear, I gotta hear. Hey, he was—he knew it was coming, and he was so say, happy. Say the line, striker. Say the line, striker. Box. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Uh, it, it always it always warms my heart when you have those moments of like you know a thing's coming you get so excited for it and you're just like mm -hmm. you're just so satisfied. This 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 was one of those I got to watch you going like come on come on give it to me right into my veins. I, on, I was on, very on. excited to hear him say funerary box because it's one of the bigger Matt Striker memes that exists about yeah. his commentary. So what 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 it what is it with uh what is it with uh with wrestling and malapropisms? Hmm, I wonder. Anyway. So we get the, 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 the casket match, and Mil Muertes and Phoenix come out, and it's a violent affair immediately because Mill starts taking apart. They bring out all these flowers for the display to be around the coffin, and he immediately starts grabbing them and hitting Phoenix with them. Yep, because, of course, the no-holds-barred match. Uh, Dario doesn't give a shit if one of his fighters actually dies um, mm -hmm. because oh. Dario... <laughs> Oh right! I don't think I explained that you win a casket match by putting the opponent your opponent in the casket. But, so that's yeah. how you win. Yeah, but yeah, Dario Cueto, uh, totally reasonable businessman, is just totally fine with like his roster being incapacitated either for uh, indefinite periods of time or for permanent periods of time. Yes, because in Lucha Underground lore, uh, being put in a casket is basically literal death. It's basically yeah. dying. Yeah, um, and. For some reason, we're all just okay with that. 
Um, but Fine. yeah, so of course, Mill. Are you really allowed to complain about it? You're the one supporting the illegal fight club, so I guess you just have to go along with whatever oh, happens in here. Um, he uh, he he participate in society arguments. Us. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, we should we should improve the fight club somewhat. What? And yet you participate in the fight club. Curious. So I am very smart. I am very smart. The the fight club participation fallacy. Um, yep. Yeah. No. Uh, it's it's very it's, we're all complicit in we're all accessories to murder actually by watching this. Um, I, I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Totally legally, I am a very smart person. Uh, who knows how the law works. Um. Anyway. Uh. The. Um. The the, the this this being that of course a mill as soon as as soon as that bell rings is just he's just going ham. He's yeah. not he's not taking any of this shit. He's so fucking done with Katrina. Uh, and he's so fucking done with Phoenix, and he's just like he's really mad that he got it, dumped, and he and he wants to he wants to to, to crush some motherfuckers over it. It took him exactly le- he took him less than five minutes to start ripping Phoenix's mask off. Yeah, to the point that Phoenix basically has a, a cu- uncovered face. Yeah, for most he, of the he match. just wanted to write a strongly worded letter to to Phoenix's face. You know, <laughs> happens sometimes. But a, but as I said the first time, like if you're concerned about like oh seeing the face of a luchador, mm-hmm. don't worry because Phoenix because Mil Muertes gave him a new mask, his own blood, because he gra- he unhooks one of the bottom ropes and takes like the hook they used to unhook the bottom to hook the ropes together. Oh yeah. And then just stabs Phoenix in the face with it <sighs> and causes him to start bleeding. Yeah, that was a big owl moment. I wasn't a fan as soon as he as soon as I realized what he was doing. Uh it was not very pleasant to have to watch. It's wild to me that's not even the first time I've seen that spot this year. Wait, really? And they, they did it in an AEW match. Darby Allen was involved. Shock. Yeah, okay. That you know, that is really shocking. Um uh, personally very shocked by that anyway back yeah. to this is it yeah it is a brutal match it, they they do some really cool visuals because whatever they, they use whatever material they use to make the casket they made it so that the casket shell was very bendable very malleable were relatively malleable yeah so like they do a spot where uh, i believe phoenix is the one that gets ddt'd he gets ddt'd into yeah. the casket and there's just a big dent where his head was i know it's so wild. I don't know why they let him get away with that. No, it was absolutely insane. Uh, um, I guess they, they end up holds Spartan, but either way, yeah, no, it's, they end up fighting into the crowd, and like, and Mil Muertes tells the crowd to get out of the way because he's throwing Phoenix off of the off of the balcony. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, which is so funny to me that like Mill is all of a sudden concerned with their safety. Like, like. I feel like you'd just be happy to have extra dead people around, unless See, you don't I want feel, competition. I feel like the thing is, he doesn't want—he didn't want any of the other people to cushion the fall. <laughs> ha! You know what? That is a great bit of logic, and it's my head cannon now. Yep. But Phoenix does avoid that, thank God, because I—I don't know how Phoenix could have made it through that one, to be honest. Oh my God! They just go. Yeah, I was like, I was like, wait, are you seriously like about to? J- throw down off the top of this fucking pillar that we're, seems like a lot we're about we're about to test how supernatural phoenix actually is yeah huh we've been rather fast and loose what if we what if we've tested that hypothesis you motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> but then uh we do they get back now to the ring you know it mil muertes um 
throws Phoenix head first into the guardrails. Yup, multiple times. times. And and they just they they bend slightly, but in a way that's like, you know, we're bending as a give because we have to just by laws of physics, and it's just right. ow, ow. Yeah. Uh, if it feels like I'm mostly talking about what Mil Muertes does, it's not as if it's not a one-sided squash in particular. It's just that like all the insane shit to think of that you remember Mil Muertes was doing to Phoenix. It starts off that way. He's it gets it gets it's pretty squashy mm-hmm. toward the beginning. Yeah, but Phoenix gets a lot of time to like make comebacks. He does. So and it's unfair that like I give I give the impression it's a bigger squash than it was, but it's just like. Mil Muertes is doing so much crazy shit to Phoenix. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, and because Phoenix is like, they they play it as this is Mil Muertes in ultimate desperation mode. Um, mm-hmm. in some ways, this is this is kind of even though spoiler alert, Mil ends up losing the match. This is uh kind of that reckoning I was talking about, where like he keeps losing, he keeps losing, he keeps losing. He's gonna come back and like roided out monster rage and just wreck shit and like. This is kind of that, like everything he wants just falling apart. Last time he was in ring with Phoenix, um, he, the ultimate was disrespect was committed on him of Katrina lick of deathing him, mm-hmm. um, and so he's just so done and he just kind of wants to clean house and be like fuck all of you. I just want revenge. Um, so the fact that all the insane shit goes to goes to Mill makes sense, whereas Phoenix is just kind of fighting for his life and he's more concerned with getting out of there alive because he knows how much Mill wants him dead and he's just like it almost feels like a self-defense versus like insane alley mugger sort of deal yeah like but he does but phoenix plays his part very well in this match and Mm -hmm. it ends up it all ends out with um First of all, earlier in the match, Katrina is there, and she gets oh, a little yeah. too close. Katrina, Katrina's there for a lot of the match. She gets weirdly close for a lot of it. At one point, like, Mills even, like, sneering in her face and, like, you know, giving her, like, a little, like, silent fuck off, uh, mm-hmm. which was a great moment. I really appreciated, like, he's he's pushed away a little bit from Ghost Mommy. Yeah. Ooh. Because I guess because I guess we, we did mention, of course, is that, you know, is that technically... This is this is a weird this is a weirdly little this is weirdly a little too close to grooming if you think about it. Yeah, don't think about it too hard. Uh, the ghost lady uh, finding and mentoring a young boy who then she goes on to have a very obviously sexual relationship with. Anyway, back to the match at hand. Mm-hmm. So, Fe- Mil- at one point, Mil Muertes goes to clothesline Phoenix, and Phoenix ducks, and she he's lays out Katrina. Oh my god. Right on right on top of her and uh everyone everyone just feels awkward. They're like they're like, oh we didn't intend for that to happen. Oh, oh shit. Uh oh, but god. eventually Katrina gets back up and what they're mm-hmm. and Phoenix and, and learns to le- learns to keep her distance, learns a little bit of personal yeah. space. You know, good, so good job, bro. She heads over to the, to the old coffin and she opens it up, and then so Mill and Phoenix are fighting on the apron. The coffin is right below him. Oh my god. And, and it's just like, who's going to fall in? Who's going to fall in? And eventually, Phoenix is able to get the upper hand, and he knocks uh, Mil Muertes into the coffin. And then uh, Katrina comes out, grabs the rock, lick of death's the rock, and then throws it in the casket and shuts the door and shuts the casket on Mill to give Ray, uh, Phoenix the win. It's such a great moment. 
It's all all just a beautiful culmination of that entire story arc. Yeah, it it does wrap it up in a in a nice little bow of like you know, Mill's gonna be back. He's an he's an undead motherfucker. He's not gonna be gone forever. But he's like the man of now, a thousand deaths. What's one more gonna? What's count? one more? A thousand and one deaths. You know, if the, he came back, if he came back as Mill e Uno Muertes, that'd be great. Yes, that'd be so great. Uh, the, the the haunted mansion guy is like shedding a tear right now. There is always room for one more. No, mm-hmm. but um, as you put it last uh, when we first tried doing this is is uh, it's a great mid season finale. Um, mm-hmm. for a little for a for a little bit, our designated breeding pair uh gets to have a happy ending with a little bow on it. Um. And vanquish the bad guy for a hot second. He'll be it's back. The, but for now it's all it's like it's it's almost like the first act of of, of uh into the woods. You know what? That is not a bad comparison at all. You know, we get the 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 giant is felled, uh, and the 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 the, the happy romance couple is together, and what could possibly and famous, go wrong? Beanstalk fam- keeps keeps growing and, out of the back and famously the into the wood the second act of into the woods is just a nice fluffy everybody's happy romance story. yeah we're just, yeah we're just having a good time it's all a party no. you know it was, a, it was a really risky writing decision to do it that way but i guess i know, it I know. he's some, some some crackheads out there would turn it into a uh a whole dirge of death and despair that uh ultimately ends up pondering mortality and 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 what it means to like be a father and 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 have meaningful relationships with people and get everything you wished for and ah uh, but 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 nobody's that crazy. We didn't We're just do any, a good we time. We didn't do any of that. Yeah, the narrator slowly turns to the camera to be continued. Um, anyway. But yes, that is this. I this was a very mid-season yeah, finale. <laughs> this is a very mid-season finale. You know, I really want to edit now of like I'm sorry. This, this, I. I really want as now that I'm thinking about it, I really want to do an edit of the end of this match where like uh there it's it's like the end of act one of Into the Woods and you're like into the woods and out of the woods and like uh during that kind of like in, little instrumental interlude, like you know, we push uh we push Mill into the casket, uh Katrina licks the rock, uh throws it in, and as like the casket's uh or and, and like as she's licking the rock. We hear the narrator going to be continued and happy ever after. Casket slams shut. Oh, I really want that now. Gotta make that. Gotta go make that edit. I gotta go make that edit too. But yeah, that is kind of our. That was grave consequences. You you kind of put it pretty well. Uh, that you by reading what I said. Yeah, it's very much you put it pretty well. Nice. Is this kind of like this mid season finale vibe, and that's kind of the takeaway I want to have for this. The kind of uh, this this second attempt at covering this episode mm. is that it was a very the very mid season finale stuff. There's definitely there's still plot threads to there's still plot threads to to cover and but a lot but several it was also several major story beats kind of ending for the time being. Yeah, it's it's um. It, it it felt like a, it felt like a satisfying wrap up of our of our big story. Um, our our secondary story has a has a fun new hook, and God, I so hope they explore the friendship of Big Rick and Sexy Star going forward because that's such a power duo, and I oh I would love it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
we get you know just more of more of our our th- uh, three of five match. I really, really going back to the three of five match. I'm really impressed by their ability to like not make these matches you know feel repetitive. They're just doing like the you know same matchup five different times. You'd think that would get old really quick. But I think just by virtue of how like pleasant it is and how good workers they are and the fact there's so little baggage, it's just fun to kind of see over and over. And knowing that there's a special opportunity waiting at the end. They got a lot of talent. They can easily make this work for five without it feeling like the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no. But that is a wrap on Lucha Underground for now. And so next episode, uh, we continue with uh, we look continue with our WCW arc mm-hmm. as um, we finished. We saw Kevin Nash's uh, debut in WCW. Skip ahead about a month, and we are at Bash at the Beach, nineteen ninety six. Sting, Randy Savage, and Lex Luger versus Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and the Third Man. Yet mm. to be revealed. But yep. let me tell yep. you something, brother. It's going to be a big one. Yeah. Uh, we already we already know the punchline to this. And anybody who knows anything about the history of this knows the punchline to this. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's still going to be a ton of fun. Uh, I, I know it's a super iconic moment. It's a moment I haven't gotten to officially watch yet. And that's the magic of wrestling. It's like even if you know the the ending going in, you know the the, the punchline. You've had it spoiled for you in some form or other. If you haven't seen it, the visual element of wrestling, when done well, is so visceral, uh, so so viscerally engaging that it still makes it so worthwhile. I mean, again, to go back to to go back to the thing everybody's talking about in wrestling right now is like, you know, summer uh, CM Punk just debuted with AEW, and I knew the punchline to that one. Uh, but I didn't watch the episode until like last night. And when it happened, I was still reacting just as insanely. And I know this is going to be the same. I already in advance. I know when redacted shows up to this, uh, to this fight next, next time we're here or ne- next, next week. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be incredible. So yes. looking forward to that immensely. Yeah. So that is our show. Now, David, you can, you can go ahead and hit our regular plugs. Absolutely. All righty, my friends. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you once again for joining us on yet another episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. If you are a returning friend of ours, uh, listening, watching, what have you, uh, thank you so much for welcoming us back into your uh, eardrums and or eyeballs. We are so delighted to have you. It's always a good time. Um, and uh, we look forward to having more of you in the future. If you're a inner watcher, whatever, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. We are delighted to have you here. We at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast like to think that we are uh, we, we cater to both noobs and knockouts alike. So whether you are a hardcore wrestling fan or you're just stumbling upon this wild, wacky world for the first time, we welcome you and we are so delighted that you have decided to join us on your wrestling fandom journey. If you would like to continue to do so and you're not entirely sure how, not to worry, my friends. I got you. First of all, you can subscribe to us on YouTube. We are the Noobs and Knockouts Podcast. Hit subscribe. Ring that bell. Make sure it turns a nice little solid color so you get notifications every time we drop a new episode. Uh, Like and comment and all that stuff. Add us to your playlist. Check out our playlist. Austin has been super, super nice enough to to construct all of our storylines that we follow into playlists that we run down week after week after week. 
so if you want to follow any specific storyline, any specific era, any specific company, we have you covered there. You can check it all out in a row. It's super organized. It's super fun. It's a great time. Check us out on YouTube. You can also find us on three of the best places to find your podcast, and that would be Spotify, Apple, and Google. Uh, give us ratings. Give us downloads. Uh, give us reviews. Anything to tell to tell the, the platforms, tell the algorithm, tell the metrics, whatever, that we are a good show, that you enjoy us, and you, and you think more people should enjoy us as well. We appreciate all that dank, dank engagement. It is, a, it is, it is it's just music to our ears. Um, so... We would love to have you join us on whatever uh, listening platform of your choice you prefer. Uh, you can also find us on social media, all up in the social media. Our main place we interact on social media is Twitter, as you can see right here on the screen if you're watching us. We are the uh, Noobs and Knockouts podcast at Noobs and Knox Pod on Twitter. That's Noobs, the letter N, Knox Pod on Twitter. We tweet out a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, we, we, we tweet out memes. We reply to other wrestling accounts. We just love to interact with the fandom. We love to we love to uh, share some insights and jokes of our own. And of course, the staple of our Twitter engagement is that Austin live tweets his wrestling watching viewing week after week after week. My friend, what is on the docket coming up? Yes. So we have just passed Summer Slam weekend, which was a thing. I'm not discoursing about it uh, any more than I'd like to. So mm. as every single week. We cover, uh, I will live tweet AEW Dynamite, 8 p.m. Eastern on TNT, or you can go, or for $5 a month, you can go, you can watch it on Fight TV if you also use a VPN. It's great. You get it commercial free. It's amazing. That's, that's what I do. Anyway, AEW Dynamite, it is the one show I most consistently watch every single week, and hopefully I'm going to get this episode out in time for this to not be dated. So... Matches for Dynamite this week. Um, we have Malachi Black, who is a Dutch metal enthusiast, who also is will fucking murder somebody because he's taking on Brock Anderson, son of Arn Anderson. Regular feature on this show. Uh, Malachi Black kicked Arn Anderson's head off as part of his debut in this company, and so old Brock is like. I gotta avenge my dad. And Arn is like, son, he's gonna kill you. <laughs> Please yeah. don't. And he Brock's like, oh, I gotta do it. So, you know, if his head winds up in like the next state over, that uh, if his head winds up in Michigan, because they're in Wisconsin next week, you know, that that's what's gonna happen. That you now you know why. Oh then well, we get thank you for the thank you for the heads up. Yeah. Then we get uh, the Varsity Blondes, who are kind of like jock bros, but baby faces. They're, they're fun. Against the Lucha Brothers, the Penta El Cerro Miedo, a.k.a. Pentagon Jr., and Ray Phoenix, a.k.a. Phoenix, from yes. Lucha Underground in a World Tag Team Championship Eliminator Tournament semifinal. Basically, they're having a big tag tournament right now to determine who will face the Young Bucks at All Out. More mm. on that in a minute. Then we get Red Velvet. She is an up-and-coming kind of babyface character. She kind of kicks ass. Uh, she has cake puns as well. Taking on Jamie Hayter. Uh, Jamie Hayter uh, is a really good young wrestler. She is the new Brit. She is Britt Baker's, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD's newest bodyguard. And basically, she's the total hoss. She spent... 
the pandemic, getting jacked, and now she's back in AEW after for the first time since the pandemic started, and poor Red Velvet is going to get killed. Uh, <laughs> not going to be a good time for Red Velvet, I guarantee it. And then, of course, Orange Cassidy. Uh, the laziest wrestler alive, maybe my my favorite comedy wrestler of all time, taking on Matt Hardy. He was a legend in, re in professional wrestling, and right now he is playing the character of sleazy carny manager who is blatantly stealing money from his clients, but they're all cool with it because they're all a bunch of assholes. <laughs> and so they there has in fight because Orange Cassidy keeps getting in fights with his clients. So he's like, you know what? I don't like you. I'll beat you up. <laughs> and then, of course, let's let probably, though, the thing that's good to talk about coming onto this week's Dynamite. So CM Punk, you might know who that is. Hmm. Uh, we did a whole arc about him on this podcast. And this last week on AEW Rampage, he debuted – 1.3 million people saw it. It was insane. After quitting wrestling seven years ago, a lot of people, including me, thought he was never coming back because he left so bitter and broken and just not happy. I was like, yep. he's never coming back. But he is back. He's looking as good as he probably ever has. And he will be talking. Uh, he will be making his Dynamite debut to build up to his match at All Out, which is a good segue to talk about how we don't just talk about Dynamite on, uh, we don't just live tweet Dynamite. I also follow uh, WWE and Impact Wrestling pretty consistently. And every time they have pay-per-views, I'm going to live tweet them. So on September the 5th will uh, is AEW All Out, where CM Punk will go one-on-one -on -one with Darby Allen, yes. David's favorite emo skater boy. Yes, he's got such good face paint. I love him. He is a skater boy. Um, he, he said, said see, you see you later, later boy. Anyway, and that's going to be a pretty kick-ass match. CM Punk's first match in over seven years. It's going to be insane. Oh, um, and also on that card so far, Kenny Omega, the belt collector, though down a belt right now. He is the current AEW world champion and the current AAA mega champion. You know, that belt we talked about earlier. It's hey. on the underground next time. Uh, he is those two titles. He was the Impact world champion as well. But then he faced Christian for it on the first episode of Rampage a couple of weeks ago. And he lost to Christian. Hmm? So Christian is now the Impact champion. And oh, yeah, that same Christian also has a match for a, for a uh, with Kenny Omega for the AEW title. So... Christian's trying to make it a nice two for two. As you do. On that one. Then we get Pac, the bastard, who is this little um, little gremlin British motherfucker who's mad at, at all the time and hates everything except he's good bros with the Lucha Bros. Uh, that's, a, that's some good friendships right there. And he's taking on Andrade El Idolo, who is in Andrade in WWE. He, is, he was fired as part of the 70 bazillion people they fired this year. He's in AEW because he is he, he's basically here to be like this rich asshole. Uh, he's got Chavo Guerrero with him. And they're like, Lucha Brothers, you should work for me. And then you can become champions. You will never be champions while you work for Pac. And the Lucha Brothers are like, dude, we don't work for Pac. We're, we're just friends with him. You know, it's we're bros. And he's like, yes, you work for Pac. 
Yeah, some real communication issues going on, you know. Yeah, so Pac and Andrade are having a match because Pac wants to kick Andrade's ass and settle this issue right now. Then we got the match everyone is waiting to see. Where? Well, it's the Paul White. The former Big Show is stepping back in the ring against QT Marshall. Everyone's favorite part of Dynamite. Please don't go on the internet and try to confirm that. Take my word for it <laughs> that he is everyone's favorite part. But, you know, QT Marshall, uh, he hangs out in bowling shirts these days, looking like he belongs on The Sopranos. And he beat up Tony Schiavone's kid, who is like 40. Yeah. But it's still his son. And Paul White's like, oh, no, none of that. And so... Now, Paul White and QT Marshall are going to have a match on pay-per-view. And then, uh, then you have the Young Bucks, who are the AEW World Tag Team Champions. They basically love to cosp- they love to t- make references to other wrestlers and be the most obnoxious human beings alive. Uh, they look If you've ever seen pictures of Shawn Michaels drip in the 90s, it's that but worse. Even yeah. worse. Just need the assless chaps. Uh, they are taking on a team yet to be decided. That's by that tournament thing I mentioned earlier. And uh, they're going to face the winners in a steel cage match. Because the Young Bucks keep having all of their friends help them win matches. And they're like, and Tony Khan's like, now wait a sec. Hold on. <laughs> no more of this. We're gonna, this you're going to have this cage and everyone's going to stay out. A, a, a method that has always worked in wrestling. Yeah, uh, we definitely didn't see with the Hart brothers that this could ever be, uh, this this could ever be done wrong. No, sir. Yep. So that is uh, where we're at with AEW. But what's coming up forever for WWE? They just had, as I said, they just had SummerSlam, and so their next pay per view will be Extreme Rules. Despite <laughs> the name, that doesn't mean that every match will be an Extreme Rules match. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna real uh uh real re- real hard uh stick to those stick to those guidelines and everything's gonna be kosher. There's gonna be plenty of matches that are extreme rules and that they are extremely by the rules. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyway, I it. anyway, their their next pay-per-view that's taking place in Columbus. So like I thought about going to that. I don't really know yet because that's a lot of money to drop down. I, I just paid for I just paid for WWE tickets and Green Day tickets, so you know. Uh, we gotta but save a little I, bit of money, buddy. Yeah, that's September twenty sixth. Uh, you can watch that. I forgot to mention how you buy these pay per views. Mm. You AEW. I'm pretty sure that their pay per views are still on traditional cable pay per view. As far as I know, I wouldn't know because I buy them through Fight TV. Make an account. <laughs> That's basically you buy it. It's like anything else. And their pay-per-views are, yeah, their pay-per-views are $50, but there are only four of them a year. That's why I, that's how I justify making those kind of, those kind of purchases. But if you are a little bit cheap, uh, remember I mentioned the VPN route earlier. If it is $20 in other country internationally. So if you buy the pay-per-view with a VPN on, you can get it for like 20 bucks. Yeah. 
but now WWE Extreme Rules. They don't have any matches yet because they literally haven't aired a show since SummerSlam. I we're recording this Monday night before yeah. Monday Night Raw. So yep. we literally there's literally Actually, nothing. Actually, Monday Night Raw should be kicking off like right now, shouldn't it? Yeah, okay. It's uh, Monday Night Raw is literally just starting. There is literally nothing to talk about with WWE past SummerSlam yet. Yep. But if you want to see, watch Extreme Rules. Your only option is uh, the W. If if you are in America, Peacock, uh, it's NBC streaming service. They have exclusive American rights, and no, you can't use a VPN on the WWE Network. I have learned you used to be able to do that. I checked. They check them now. Doesn't work. Uh, it is five dollars a month with ads, ten dollars a month without ads. You get all their pay per views and almost every show that we watch on this show on this on this podcast is through the Dup peacock so that's where you're gonna go for that uh yep, but yeah yep. september 26th extreme rules watch that live and then the impact wrestling is their next pay-per-view is not until october 23rd it is bound for glory one of their biggest shows of the year there's a lot there'll be a lot of stuff going on with that but we're literally two months out from that Two months to today. So we got nothing on that set officially, but it's going to very impact pay-per-views are $40 on fight TV and presumably traditional pay-per-view as well. Uh, they're always worth the money to me, but again, that is your money. You know, I get it. It's a it's steep asking price. If you're just kind of looking into it for the first time. Um, yeah. So that is where we, what we're, what we're going to be on for uh, our Twitter in the near future. That's a lot. Oh, boy. Well, my friends, be sure to check all of that out. Austin's live mm -hmm. tweeting absolutely rules. I, I enjoy watching watching him go off. It is quite enjoyable. You all should sit back and enjoy it as well. Just watch those tweets roll by as you watch and have someone have someone to spend some company with while you watch these shows. Uh, be sure to check all that out on our Twitter. It's phenomenal. Again, at Noobs and Knox Pod. You can also email us. We have an email account. Uh, noobs and Pod at gmail.com. That's Noobs, the word and this time. Knockoutspod at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. Tell us hi. Tell us how much you like the show. Tell us how much you don't like the show. That's your bag. I don't think personally uh uh tell us how much you enjoy our, our our wonderful sweet dulcet tones that we deliver into your ears every single week um uh uh tell us things you want to see on the show uh, uh recommendations for arcs anything of that sort we just love hearing from people if you want to say hi we'll be more than happy to say hi back and finally you can find us on patreon we are also the noobs and knockout podcast on patreon one dollar a month gets you early access to episodes and a shout out at the end of each episode Oh, right. I forgot to mention is that we have this Twitch channel right now. Now we have oh, an official yes. Twitch new, channel new and not just me recording my personal shit. Uh, and so starting on Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern, because that is the best time for me to be available to do this. Uh, we are going to start doing uh, gaming streams on this channel. Yes. Uh, noobs, again, it is if you're not watching through Twitch, Noobs in Knox Pod on Twitch. Mm -hmm. And we are starting this Friday with Here Comes the Pain, one of the, mo the most critically acclaimed pro wrestling games of all time. For many people, it is the greatest game of all time, and I've never played it because it's from the PS2 generation, and the earliest wrestling game I've ever played before was WWE SmackDown vs. Raw 2009 on the 360. So I've never played it before, but I'm very excited to try it because, again, it's a big one. It is a big deal. It is a very, it is a very big deal. Uh, be sure to check that out too. Austin's gaming is phenomenal, and you all will get a huge kick out of his epic gamer skills. 
Yes, I am so skilled with the games. Indeed. So with all of that, we'll see you guys next time. See you guys. Hasta luego.